Okay, so guys, I have to say your sweatshirts are awesome. Yeah. We'll have to take a picture. Um, for Christmas, good. what a great idea! The marriage yeah. team um, leaders got do the work sweatshirts. We have do the work t shirts, but it's frustrating. Brian's been wanting this for since we started because in the winter time when it's cold, we're in short sleeves and we cover them up because yeah. uh, for marriage night we're supposed to wear our shirts, but we're usually wearing jackets or something over them. And so Brian, as soon as he got un- unwrapped it, he put it on. I was super pumped. And so now Jeff and Brian are both wearing theirs today. That's awesome. So who did the shirts? Oh, it was my idea, but then Wild Oak. Way to go, Wild Oak. Wild Woo-hoo! Oak. So if you guys want any type of uh, screen shirt, printing screen printed shirts. Or they do screen printing and... Come on, heat press. Heat press. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Eric actually did those for us because um, that's a little more intricate or something like that. There's a little more steps to it. So anyway, I can hear you. Jeff. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> so Jeff today something. brought in a oh. slush and M&Ms. peanut M&Ms. The most <laughs> loud thing you could possibly get. No, actually no, chips, chips was, was yep, the worst. Chips was the last one. A couple weeks but ago. he has a pocket in his hoodie. And so the challenge is, Jeff, keep your, your hands, hands stay in that pocket. In, in your, your pockets. pockets. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are cute. Cute. <laughs> That's what we strive for. <laughs> so anyway, I'm excited about this season. Cooler weather. These mm-hmm. sweatshirts are just making me feel cozy. Mm-hmm. I haven't tried mine on yet. I'm nervous. It may not be big enough. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Just because I like them big and baggy mm-hmm. and not tight. So we'll see. What size did you order? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> A large. I ordered an extra large, and so I haven't tried it on yet. But I'm the same way. I'd rather it be a little bit roomy. And we may switch out sweatshirts, just throw them in the closet and whoever gets wet wears it. That's amazing, the difference between men and women. I mean, I get a sweatshirt that I don't care what size it is. I just try it on and it doesn't fit or it's too big or the other way. I'm like, oh, I got to size up or I got to size down. And women, it's just a psychological game of and I'm not going to put that sweatshirt on. I don't know if it's going to fit or not. Yeah. yeah. And the mind games that it plays is just, that sucks. It does suck. And I'm not trying to fix it or anything. It just sucks. Well, just the sizing in clothes is so yeah, different. Like it doesn't, that doesn't really make a difference, right? Yeah. One, one thing off. that's large may, may fit like a medium. Yep. It has nothing to do with your size. Sure. Anyway. Labels though. Labels. Yep. Well, it's such a busy season that there's so much stuff going on that it's... What do you have going on, Field? Well, I'm not saying me. <laughs> just saying the general population. I'm just saying most people. <laughs> so they can't listen to a podcast because yeah. they're busy or what? No, I'm just saying that we had to do it all at once because there's so many things that happen. You have no, to... You're just full of crap. There's so many things that happen. Not for me, but for others. Yeah. yeah Christmas parties and you've got family... Yeah, and that's about it. (laughs) Once again, Alyssa, I'm not talking about me. (laughs) Just saying, in general, it is a very busy season. Good cow. Good Good cow. (laughs) What does that even mean? Good cow. Good lamp. I've I've been hanging out with Alyssa way too much. His language all all cleaned up. (laughs) All cleaned up. My Atlanta. That was so funny. Uh, We were doing a party the other night, and um, someone said that 
Oh, who was it? Somebody said that their kid had changed their like their bad language when they tried to text a bad word. Oh, yeah. It would like say the word potato or something. And so it was so funny. And then the person, the the adult, didn't know how to change it back. And so it's still that way so to this like, day. Holy potato. Holy son of a potato. <laughs> Mother cracker. <laughs> I thought that was awesome because that would be something I'm like, I'm too lazy to change, you know, trying to figure it out. (laughs) So good. Yeah. Can you do like a phrase? Could it be like, mother, I have a bald spot. (laughs) Could it be like a whole (laughs) phrase or does it have to be just one word? No, you can. I think you can. Oh, that'd be so funny. funny. And come up with like, you know, personal attacks on that person, you know, four eyes or no offense to people wear glasses. I wear glasses. But uh, no offense. a little disclaimer. <laughs> but just okay. these little, you know, terms of that flip it on you. Well, evidently I don't have anything going on. What about y'all? <laughs> we have very little going on. I don't know. Yeah. We have this this whole week is the week yeah. of parties, like lots of parties, which is great. I love um parties, programs, things, you know, visiting people, whatever. But I think that means like the week right before Christmas slows way down, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. But you know, part of why we decided to record a couple of episodes is just to protect the next couple of weeks for us four and allow us just the margin if something comes up or if we needed to um, just scale back so it's not just one more thing on the list or we're not leaving our kids again to go do this rather than sure. um, do something with them. So. Just that time of year, and you want it to be, and we'll talk more about it actually on the next couple of episodes. You want to protect this season in general and not let it be so busy. Allow it to be more intentional. So we'll have. Uh, I'm here for that. Couple. Let's yeah, do that. Try and make it slow down. Mm, that'd be good. But anyway, yeah, we have like one more week of marriage night. I think. What? We get it. Two. We, yeah. That's what's nice is we get a couple weeks off during holidays, and you guys do a really good job of. Yeah, protecting that one, time, which is good. Yeah, we got two more, right? Yeah, Tuesday. we have two more Tuesdays. Two more Tuesdays. I won't be there this Tuesday. Mm. But it, you guys have one more? Nope, Class. guess we have two. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, we're going to have to do like four lessons in one week. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't pay attention, I guess. It's good. It's all good. I do because I'm counting down. I love it. I do love it, but. I love that Breaks stuff. are good. It goes by so yeah. fast. That's yeah. the thing is I'm like, yes, it's just now whatever date, you know? We still have lots left. So that will give us a two-week break? More um, than that. Three weeks, three I think, weeks. yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. That'd be good. Maybe maybe even. Is it, are you know for sure it's three weeks? No. I'm pretty sure, though. Sorry. Sure three. Rabbit, go. Oh. Yeah, you're right. Three weeks. Three weeks off, so mm-hmm. three full weeks off. Welcome to the Marriage Unfiltered Podcast. I'm Brian Field. Hi, I'm Alyssa Field. I'm Lisa Carter. And I'm Jeff Carter. We want to bring light and give hope to the realities of marriage. By being open and honest about the struggles that we all face. Removing all the filters to share what God can do in the midst of chaos. Awesome. Good job. The only way I could get Jeff to say it right was just to print it out. How do I normally say it? <laughs> it's been a, a different every time. By removing all the filters and by sharing what God can and do share. by I think, midst of chaos. I think one time we should do it in like a funny voice, like what the 
most ra- you're the- really good at impressions. Brian is so good. I know. I'm, oh, he can I'm do impressions he, of you guys. Yeah, <laughs> you're like he's, perfect. He's and so fantastic. And then she was like, it was hot. When I, mean, I was hot. in pharmaceutical sales, I, ca- I called on a lot of Indian doctors and he could like spot oh, no. on do their accents. And I was like, man, that's so, it is impressive. Not me. I don't think you do, yeah. you don't, uh, you don't do an impression of me well, but other people. I'm like, I see it. Yes. My anyway. Hispanic accent is my forte. It's my very good. good. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that would that would be so much fun to do. I mean, mine wouldn't be very good, but y'all have some y'all have some good ones. I think it might offend people. Oh. <laughs> We're all friends here, especially the oh, you know we have a large presence in Uganda and uh, oh my gosh, foreign countries. I mean, they might not appreciate us making fun of their accents. <laughs> people need to chill out, be a little lighthearted. I'll be I'll be the White Valley girl then. It's fine. Anyway, sorry. I've got to, I've got to focus. We do have to focus. What do we talk about? We got a lot to let's, talk about. Yeah, let's jump in. Okay, we'll start out just by talking about some fun. So we talked about parties and stuff like that. Christmas parties. Have you ever played like? Christmas party games or games at Christmas parties that you think are fun? I saw a couple on YouTube that I want to try with the family this year, but the game that we played on uh, Friday night with the group was fun. I thought that was fun. I'm glad when I you think it was a hit. When you started explaining, I was like, man, there's a ton of rules. I'm never going to understand <laughs> yeah. this, but once we got going, it was, yeah, it was funny. It was my most favorite because it, it took up more time. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot more intentional and you got to see what gifts were. So it was a spin on, gift exchange for a large group, right? Plus mm-hmm. you get to learn a little bit about people. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. you explain it. Yeah. So it's it like the, it's like the white elephant or dirty Santa concept. And um, so we, everybody brings a gift that's wrapped and then it's just like the, the classic, everybody has a gift. You start out, everybody grabs one, you go in a certain order based on a draw and then um, when it's your turn, you draw a slip of paper and it says you have to change, exchange gifts with, this person and then I put in like 30 different descriptors so it's like someone wearing red someone wearing glasses someone wearing a hat someone who hasn't who wasn't born in Texas somebody mm-hmm. like it was a lot of more than just physical features right and there then I went real specific based on the people I knew in the room and some of them I knew there was only one person in the room that it would apply to and so it, I got some of them were a little bit of a, a jab at my closest friends like one of them was like exchange gifts with somebody who lives in a pool house. And then my favorite was exchange gifts with somebody who has someone living in their pool house. And Brian and drew that one. <laughs> so he had to, he had to steal the gift from the people he's renting a pool yeah, house. I'm, from. Like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> one of them was uh, switch gifts with an identical twin. And I forgot that John has an identical twins or not identical. Just twin. Yeah. A twin. And um, so it was funny because we're not in her life. And so we forget that he's a twin. Yeah. And so anyway, it was really funny. So more people than you, you really just forget. Yeah. So. And then there, there were a couple of just odd like hidden talents that I threw in there. And so you kind of learn a little bit about yes. people who have never left the country or anyway, it was, it was a fun time. I thought it was a good hit. I found that one online and I thought that was really fun. So yeah, it was really so good. many people that have never left the country. Yeah. I thought a that lot. was crazy. And so it's, it's kind of cool because you, st- sometimes you get a, a variety of people you get to choose from to swap gifts with, but sometimes you have like one was the tallest person in the room. Well, there's just going to be one of those, you know? Mm. And so 
I liked the variation. It I was remember good. that. Yeah, it was really good. That's a free. That's a free gift to all of you guys. Now you could use that idea. <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, one year with my family and with Brian's family. I think we did it with Brian's, maybe not. But the Saran Wrap ball. Oh, we've we done put that. a bunch that's of fun. things in there. That one's a lot of fun. It's just really expensive. Yeah, it can be. You just go to the dollar store and get a bunch of crap too. Yeah, but Explain like that one for the crowd. The so crowd. you just you get little trinkets, gifts. You can do gift cards, money. I mean, you can do whatever. You can put whatever you want in there, and you just make. Um, it's like cling wrap, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Plastic, whatever. And you just start making a ball, and you roll all the items into it, and then you have a big ball, and everyone stands around a table, and you have oven mitts on, and you have a certain amount of time to try and unwrap. As well, much you, as you can, and whatever falls out, you mm-hmm. get to keep. Yeah, and the person like there's one person rolling a dice, and they keep on rolling. And once they hit doubles, it's time to shift. Oh, that's right. Or some people have different ways or of some doing people that. Just have a time limit. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think it, the doubles. I forgot about that. Yeah. So you have one person frantically trying to roll doubles, and the other person's frantically trying to unwrap. But as soon as they roll doubles, they have to pass it. But whatever falls out, you get to keep. We did that the first year that the girls had boyfriends. We did that as like take the pressure off. We don't. We're not going to buy them gifts because they were new boyfriends, but we could have them to our house and we weren't going to buy give them, them gifts. a few things. Yeah, <laughs> so, we talked about that already. Yep. Yeah, <clears throat> that's creative. I remember well, we did that with Ella and Brody once. We did do that. It's just very time consuming. My mom did it. I didn't do it. Um, but another one that we do all the time. Surprisingly, who whose side do you think doing the gambling? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. That would be Brian's family, surprisingly. Yeah. You can't so listen you, to music, but you can gamble? Yeah. You can't dance either. You can't drink. <laughs> you can't drink. There's a lot of rules. What fun is gambling if you can't drink? <laughs> <laughs> or dance. Or dance. <laughs> What's the name of that game? It's a dice game. Yeah. I don't remember. Craps? No. Yeah. yeah, you get around this table. <laughs> There's a dealer there. It has a big stick. Yeah, um, that's right. No, it's... Uh, it's it's this die game, and so you have three dollar one dollar bills, three one dollar bills, and so you roll it, and then like you either pass your dollars to the oh, is it left, uh, right, right center? center? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that one's fun. Yeah, we, I we wouldn't say that. that's gambling. No, well, did you just bring all your own bring money, money and yeah. then someone wins it all, and so everyone's freaking out about I've got to win this money, and then the little ones are left in tears when they don't win because <laughs> they see a pile of money. <laughs> what pisses me off is I've never won. Oh, I would rather the kids win than you. I know, but sometimes you just got to have a W. We had a spider web game and I don't remember how the web was created, but you essentially had like 10, 10 gifts, known gifts at the end. And then each of them, you're just on the floor and each of them have yarn attached to them. And then the yarn converge and get tied up into this mess and then they go back out, and then maybe these get tied into a mess, and they come back, and it's real intricate, and you unwrap the web to see. And, and then at the end of the the run of the yarn, you've got the end of the yarn, so you pick, I think I want this one, you know, second from the left, and you unwrap every all the yarn, and you realize that you got the gift to the far right or something like that. Hmm. What's that? I don't understand. I'm very confused. <laughs> really? I didn't explain it well. Well, it's probably you have to see it. Yeah. I kind of see what you're saying. I could see yeah. that being a <clears throat> tight mess with yarn. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how we unwrap the yarn to see which gift you got, but we did that when I was a kid. That's cool. 
Everybody's got their own little thing. So um, I'm actually excited to talk about Advent because I, I honestly have never really... We've never yeah, we've never observed done. it. You've never, never observed it? No. Nope. Well, I mean, I think I, I have. I didn't know what it was till I think we started I try, out I try on these things, kind of like anything else. I'm like, ooh, got today too. And then, because I think last year it was like a 40-day thing. And it was like as a group. Mm-hmm. I think it was like a, a women's group. We decided to all order this book and all do it. And then I get to not even a weekend. And then I'm like, I'm so high. Oh, well. I love Jesus. It's all right. You know, I just don't get it done. So I'm not a completer. So I don't usually start anything that has numbers. Okay. So the worldwide church has um, this and lots of other rhythms that they follow. It's much like Lent. So growing up, we didn't observe Lent, but we observed Advent. So I think that was really interesting. But I went to a very traditional church. When you say worldwide church, what do you mean? Churches internationally. Okay. So it's starting way back. They say the original... um, they see markings or writings about it as early as 380 AD. And um, the first Advent wreath and candles were used in Germany in 1839. And so there's a Lutheran ministry, a Lutheran minister who took orphan children and made a wreath out of a wheel and placed 20 white candles and four red candles on it. A white candle was lit each weekday and then a red candle was lit each Sunday for the four weeks leading up to Christmas. And then the four candles each represent a different, um, what do you, I mean, Themes, a word or a theme, yeah. yeah. And the um, then there's a fifth one that represents Jesus. So on Christmas Eve, we would light the Jesus candle, mm-hmm. kind of just anticipating sure. him, him coming as a baby. Um, but the four candles in the four weeks are, um, what did I say that were? Hope, faith. Joy and peace. So week one is hope. Okay. Then faith, and then joy, and then peace, and then the Jesus. Candle. Do you light those candles too? Yeah, each week. So on the first or four Sundays before Christmas, which would have actually not been today, but a week ago. Okay. You light the hope candle, and you talk about hope. We always had a wreath, a circular one, and then in the middle was the Jesus candle. Okay. So as a church, we would do the candles, and then at home, we would do the candles individually, like separately as a family. A Yule log is a, like a cake, isn't it? Something no. you eat? Oh, it's, <laughs> it's not? It's a Swiss log. Oh, it is? A Yule log is a a log. You might look it up. It's not something you eat, but I think people put candles on it too. You might look it up. So is this something you, you do? Do people commonly light the candles now? Yeah. Yeah, okay. it's very common. There's very... Lutheran churches in particular, they're very traditional. Very traditional churches still do this as okay. a rhythm. The Yule log or Christmas block is a specially selected log burnt on a hearth as a winter tradition. Oh, okay. So it's just burnt as one thing. Okay. So I guess they've turned, of course, probably Western civilization has turned tradition into food. (laughs) (laughs) A Yule log is something that you eat. So y'all did this with your kids growing up? We really didn't um, because we went to a Southern Baptist church Mm -hmm. raising the kids. And every church we've gone to since is either Southern Baptist or rooted in Southern Baptist tradition. So sure. it's just not something that we do. Cool. Oh, how about this? So they would a Yule log um, comes from a Yule tree, and they would chop the tree down to the stump for firewood, and then they would dig up the stump and throw it into the 
log fireplace and potentially would burn for 12 days, 12 days of Christmas. Interesting. Interesting. That's what is the, oh my gosh, I cannot talk. What is the tradition of the Yule log? Families would bring the trunk of the Yule tree inside and stick the big end of it into the fireplace. It would burn 12 days. Damn. Probably because it's so moist. Probably so much moisture in the roots. Could be. The ashes of Yule logs were said to be very good for plants. Mm-hmm. What does Yule log taste like? It tastes like wood. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously. Yeah. But we have traditionally done some sort of Advent reading with the kids. We haven't done the candle thing. I don't think we've ever done the candle thing, have we, babe? We've we've done the um, Jesus the, candle. Yeah. Well, the five candles. We haven't we have, done it every day. We okay, did the it weekly at Driftwood ones. Okay. once. I think we've twice. off and on kind of tried to implement that, but we've done several studies with them or at least some sort of weekly intentional something with them. Not every single day, but sometimes weekly. daily. We did daily once too. Yeah. It may have been that You're same right. same one on Driftwood that we read every night and if people were there or not and then did the candle once a week. That's right. And our church has put out Advent readings for families to do if they want them. So it's a little more common for people to do readings, not necessarily candles, but I think it's cool. Yeah. It's a great way to bring it back to what the season is truly about instead of getting lost in the shuffle of all the chaos that exactly we get tied up in. Yeah. I was listening to a lady talk just on Christian radio and she was talking about ways to um, go back to intentionally anticipating the celebration of Christ, whereas a lot of times we we encourage our kids to anticipate presents. And so you do like a countdown to Christmas and it's a countdown to Santa coming or a countdown to getting mm. gifts when it's really a countdown of celebrating Jesus and what are you know ways that you can do that, which I think has to be in front of us because everything's so commercialized that everything you see is a countdown to presents. I mean, starting at Black Friday yeah. and before that even. Yeah. Yeah, that's why um, we do, we haven't done it as much when the kids are older, but we used to be really intentional about like, um, happy birthday, Jesus on Christmas. And so we would um, have all, I mean, like plates and I mean, we did the whole thing, cake and candle that, that, so it was really just trying to be super intentional before presents on why we're doing this. And that was fun. And your dad is always, before we tear into the presents, he'll... Always do like a little devotion where you read something. So that's That's awesome. That's good. It's good to keep that in front of you. I've had talks with friends about that too, about, you know, we have a couple of nativity sets that we've made. We've always had like little ones that the kids could play with. So their hands are on it. It's like they see more nativity in Jesus in this season than they do Santa. Not that we're like anti-Santa, but um, they see more of the focused toward Jesus. And we talked about that last year at Christmas, what we do as far as, you know, hiding baby Jesus, whatever. But I think there's lots of ways that you can make that intentional and point to Jesus. It doesn't have to be Advent, but kind of stems from Advent as far as the anticipation part, Mm -hmm. you know. Growing up, we had a nativity scene under the tree and uh, we had the three wise men off in the distance. And every day we'd move them just a little bit closer, Uh a little bit closer, a little bit closer, just in the tradition of Mm -hmm. the wise men being there. Obviously, biblically, that's not accurate, but it's still a good they tradition. He finally arrived when he was three. <laughs> and, and, and it's still uh, something to help you anticipate, yeah. you know, the coming day. So much better than freaking Elf on the Shelf. Yeah. yeah. Amen. I mean, no, we, no judgment here. We did it. We had yeah. two of oh, them. Yeah. I mean, it, so we we were 
inundated with all the things Elf on the Shelf. I was over at a friend's house last night. I won't give his name because I don't want to, I didn't get permission. And um, I think they they were wrapping up the night and the two young kids were about to go to bed, but they were acting up. And he's like, hey, you remember this? And he's pointing to a to an elf up on the mantle and they all like straightened up. I'm like, man, that, that elf is powerful. <laughs> Guess it does bring some value. <laughs> yeah, my parents would just say Jesus is watching. Yeah, <laughs> I still, I still have those twitches. Like, oh, Jesus can see me. <laughs> I've heard people uh, would wrap like empty boxes, and then when their kids were being jerks, they would just go over to the fireplace and throw one in there. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's classic. Burning up presents. I like it. Oh, let's keep it up and we won't have anything, suckers. (laughs) That's great. I've never heard of that. that Oh my goodness. That would so scar them. But it could be potentially a tradition they pass down. Yeah. Like, hey, you want to act up? I'll start burning empty presents. Yeah. That's so funny. (laughs) Hey, Brody, that was your Jordans. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's so good. So, how many Christmas parties are you guys going to this year, you think? Oh, shoot. Just one. <laughs> the <laughs> you one, did it. <laughs> the one we had on Friday. That's it? You don't have a company one? No. No. Wow. I mean, well, um, it's funny because, you know, our headquarters is in Kansas City, and so they do a big sh- shebang there, I guess. Not really a Christmas party, but they'll let them. Um, there's just it, The company's grown so big that they'll just do like, they'll have a, a lunch or something. Okay. And so, uh, they told us on the, on, on December 14th, we were allowed to do whatever that, w- whatever we wanted to do as an office, they just weren't going to pay for anything. Oh gosh. So I was like, you okay. gotta be kidding me. So I was like, okay guys, guess what? On the 14th, you get half a day Yeah. off. Merry Christmas. Yeah. So the gift of time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, meh, meh, that was not really exciting. We don't, yeah. It's not, That's a little I see all these people for, dress up and go to Christmas parties yeah. and, and you did at your previous jobs, we would go yeah. to a Christmas party, but we haven't been to one in five years. Because but it's a little different, you know, like a, a big corporation versus like a small mom and pop oil and gas company. Well, but there's some, I mean, Pioneer and, and Chevron yeah, they go. and all, they're all huge. Yeah, there I mean, was, did you see, I, this was not Christmas, but who was it? Who, I told you that they brought in Brad Paisley. To Are Midland. you kidding me? Pioneer. Pioneer. And they had a, st- I mean, so oh, all wow. the employees were like right next to the stage because yeah. it was in such it a small venue. It was just for them. And I'm like, yeah, that's how They to- brought somebody in for Christmas too. And I just, somebody just posted about it. But they, I mean. That was crazy. I worked for big companies. We've worked for big companies and small ones. And to me, do, do splurge on that because that makes the morale of your office go up. It makes you want to work there because you're being celebrated. Or they see that it's fat, like giveaways and it's just a, it's a big deal for, I think for a company to do something. I know I, that's controversial to say some people are like, just give us a check, just write, write us a check for whatever that costs. But at least for me, I, it's cool to be able to connect outside the office, do yeah. something different, yeah. feel celebrated. But And they'll do that. They'll send us a, a big basket of goodies or they have fruit of the month club. They give us a bonus. And so. Cool. They love on us a little bit. That's good. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just have, not creative. Yeah. So, like as yeah, a manager, those... I'm not going to be like, "Hey guys, we're going to have ugly sweater day today, and we're going to have potluck." I just don't do that. <laughs> 
I was were you impersonating yourself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how I talk at work. It's the only way I can get the guys to pay attention. Uh, that's Brian's manager voice. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I think I'm doing, you're doing more than I am. I'm doing three. I've done one. I'll do one on Tuesday and then we'll do one for your work. Mm-hmm. And then you're doing. I had man. one Friday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday at lunch, Thursday evening. I think that's it. Is Thursday your work? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. So we can knock that out. Yeah. It's all this week. And cool. then and then I think okay, after that, so it's kind of calm down. What do they do for yeah. y'all's work deal? It's varied. Um, we've done it at The Way. We've done it at Green Tree. We've done it at Petroleum Club. Uh, Odessa Country Club. Odessa. Yeah. That was really nice. Um, this one's going to be just in building F every now oh, and then we do it at building F and then yeah. they just splurge on the prizes. So they do like a oh, giveaway nice. with all kinds of different gifts and you each get 10 tickets and you can put all 10 tickets in one basket or you can spread them out and then they draw and we've never won a thing. I don't think, I don't think so, but that's fine. So if there's something you want, you'll, you'll load your tickets in that basket more than the rest. And then they'll, they cater it in and they are doing an ugly Christmas sweater concert, uh, contest. I'm just... It's not. Hopefully, it'll be cool. I'll wear a sweater. It'll be fun to watch. Cool weather. People, people come up with some quite ridiculous yeah. things. I'm just not. Yeah. So that's good. not. Do you me. just wear your your uh, your suit? No, I'll wear. I'll, I have a couple of ugly sweaters. Y'all have seen them. One's green and one's red. I don't remember exactly what's on. Watch them. out. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I need to borrow. You should wear one. your suit. Yeah. I'll do. Hey guys. One of them's like like heavy layered insulated sweater. Like hopefully it's. It needs to be cold for you to wear that, or you'll be sweating. Yeah. But one tradition I really like at at the at her Christmas party is Neil gets up and does a rendition of the year um, through a poem, like you know. Um, so it was the night before Christmas is yep. what he always does, and all through the house. But he'll do the a recap of Stonegate's you know achievements or just whatever within the walk and uh, generally gets everybody emotional. Yeah, that's awesome. he does a really good job. Touches on all the ministries and all the big events, and mm-hmm. so cool. anyway. So, um, the first we're just going to do rather than do four weeks about Advent, we're going to do this week and next week and talk about Advent. And um, so we'll just do two elements at a time. So today would be hope and faith. The week one is hope, and somebody wants to pull up the definition of hope. I'll hope do, as I'll a do noun. Faith is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. And then it also says a feeling of trust. I don't know which which version of that has to do with Advent. And can we, can we, I don't even know what Advent means. Did we already say what it means or we just like assume we know? It means anticipate, I think. The arrival of a notable person, thing, or event The coming or second coming of Christ. So Advent is is anticipating the arrival of Christ. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. Okay, sorry. I just got to get my That's definitions right. figured out here. Um, so this the, a lot of my references are going to come from the Daily Grace Co., which is um, they do a podcast and they do an Advent. Well, they do a Bible study as community. But they um, they say hope is believing that you will, sorry, hope is believing that what you desire may come to fruition. 
It's trusting that there are better things ahead. So it's it's more, it's not like believing that they will, it's really anticipating that they will, right? Well, yeah, this one says a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. So yeah. expectation is a, is a, you're putting out that certainty that it will happen. Yeah, that's good. So then what's the definition of faith? Faith is complete trust or confidence in something or someone. And it also says strong belief in God or in the doctrines of a religion based on a spiritual apprehension rather than proof. And then go into the, the Bible. Um, in Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. So it's a little more um, not necessarily anticipating that it will happen. It's believing that it exists. Sure. The faith. Believe in, believing in a person. Believing in something that yeah. you can't see. Mm-hmm. I was, we were listening to some Christian music, and I don't even know what the song was, but we were like pulling into church last week, and it's like, I have faith. I have faith even when I cannot see you. I was like, well, isn't that just the definition of what faith is? I mean, if you saw him, you know, would that still be faith? Because faith is is believing, being sure of something that's unseen. It's unseen. Yeah. Yeah. And I just thought that was, you know, I have faith even when I don't see you. Like that's yeah, that's right. That's that's what faith is. Yeah. But you can you can have faith in like sitting in a chair that it's going to hold you. Right. That's faith as well. So there are certain avenues of faith that are tangible. That's fair. Yeah. So how are they the same though? Hope and faith. There's similarities with them, right? Like, well, they're rooted in someone or something, right? Yeah, they both have yeah. an object mm-hmm. or a person. I'm totally winging it here. I <laughs> think that, but like, based I'm on the definition, yeah, yeah, I'm just processing it. I didn't have all the answers. I just gave you guys questions. <laughs> um, I think both of those come with expectation. I may be wrong about the hope thing, about the, because it, but I do know that both of them have a level of, of expectation attached. Well, to I think sometimes we'll say the word hope, like kind of loosely, which we do with a lot of words, but you're like, oh, I really hope it'll rain tonight. Yeah. And that's not really believing that it will. It's just like, man, it would be nice if it did. But that definition that you, we both read, it was like, um, kind of knowing that there is something coming it's like there's an a more of an it's it's more intense than just i hope this will happen it's more i have hope in jesus like i know this is hard but i know there's another there's another side to it because of who i hope in i put my hope in not just i sure do hope this gets better does that make sense yeah knowingly anticipating yeah that's a good way to put it like i hope that it rains it's more like i really wish it would rain yeah Instead, it's that one day it will rain again. I put my hope that it will one day rain. Yeah, and like you said, the word assurance, I think, is a really Mm -hmm. good word. Like, I have assurance that it will happen based on, like, especially for us, like, based on what Christ has done in our life, I have assurance that I can believe what he says. So he says I'm coming back, and so we have assurance and Mm -hmm. put our faith in that. Yeah, and faith is more... um, there's no evidence that this will change, but I have faith 
because I believe, and there has to be an object, right? You can't, that's where I, I want to kind of get to on this is like, how do people have any hope without, without Jesus? Because you can't say, like, I know this is hard, but I have hope and there's hope and there's faith that there will be another side to this. Yeah. But there's, without Jesus, there's, there's no feeling of that guarantee for people, right? Well, I think it's just watered down to, I hope that the universe... Or relationships, or you can put your your yeah. hope in anything. They put their hope and faith in things that will always end up void, mm-hmm. never come, never be fulfilling. And you see that every. I mean, look at relationships. I, you know, how many times have people? I mean, how many? But how many times have people been married? Like, I know that this is the one. This I hope is the this one, one sticks. <laughs> <laughs> we pour all of our hope into that relationship, meeting all of our needs and, and filling all these voids. And it's not a person that does that. So like you said, it always leaves us empty because it doesn't. What other things? So relationships, we put our, of course, so relationships slash people, we put our faith in or our hope in. What else? Money. Yeah. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Our own strength, like really just ourselves. Yeah. Our ability to handle something or do something. Yeah, there's so many, like I've thought about this a lot. If I was trying to help people with their marriages and couldn't point back to Jesus, I don't know what tools I would have. So I start with telling people, like, I have a lot of tools that I can share with you, but none of them are helpful if you don't know Jesus. And I'm not saying you can't go to counseling for your marriage and help if you, if Jesus isn't involved, but I think ultimately Jesus marriage is for Jesus, like for God, and so I think He still can redeem marriages without them knowing that it's about Him. I don't know. That's pretty deep. Yeah, no, that's good. There's no, it's really there's true. things that you can do that can band aid the situation, but nothing that you put your faith or hope in other than Jesus is long term. Yeah, like and it's it's a heart issue. That's right. Right and. Without Jesus, there's no hope. There's no joy. Right. And I think a lot of people put it, put their faith in themselves. Like, I will do this. I will come through. I will. And we always, I mean, because we're, we're pride, we were born into pride and selfishness. And so we're like, I will, I will do everything and take care of it and it will work out. And so I think we ultimately do let ourselves down and we ultimately are, I mean, look at the, just look around. We go anywhere we go. And I mean, you just see people on their phones constantly. It's this, you're left with depression and anxiety and all the negative things because we do put the weight of the world on our shoulders and we think it comes down to us ultimately. And so, um, yeah, there's always, again, it takes us back to that void emptiness. Like we can't fill that. We try, but we're left with the aftermath of that failure. What, what did Paul David Tripp say in this last lesson? He said, we've, we've, we've always talked about it. Like if you don't have this relationship with God. Vertical relationship. The horizontal re- relationship with God, then no, it's vertical. And then this horizon, horizontal relationship doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I love that. But people do, but people refuse. It's, it's a, I mean, it's just the world. They refuse to say, um, because Satan's done such a good job of guilt and shame and all the things. And so, um, we just take it upon ourselves, but you're exactly right. I mean, in our situation, that's how it was. 
It was like, we were never, it was that crazy cycle roller coaster, always back to the same spot. We never moved. We never progressed. We would have a couple good days or weeks and then we'd go through the cycle well, again. We would band-aid certain situations and that was, <laughs> that, that was just behavioral changes. Right. And yes, exactly. That's why it would never, it would never be a long-term solution. Yep. That's so good. When I think when you try and fix your marriage, not using God, often the tools that people use, they just don't know that they are appointing to God as well. So they'll say, you just need to be the one that accepts all the fault and you start working on you first. And of course you can work on you all you want. You're just going to staple apples to the apple tree. Mm-hmm. You can become a better person without Jesus. You can choose to just be more selfless. But that all of a sudden is pointing to God. And what he's asked us to do is to love God, love others over yourself. And so it just ultimately, I don't think, I don't think faith and hope exist outside of Jesus Christ. I can't imagine that not ultimate faith and hope, you know? Yeah. Because everything will lead a void because Christ made us to need him. So every single person, and that's why we can always speak into any situation, because if you're not walking with Jesus, that void is there. with every single person. So you think that you're on the right track. You don't need the Lord. Well, where where is is that ache in your heart of like, man, I wish that this was filled. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, security and fear of abandonment or not coming through or whatever those things are, because it's Christ who wants to meet those needs. And so- He's rigged it. He has rigged it. Yeah. Are you looking for something? He's made it to where it's like, You're always going to come up empty. That's right. Always. Always. Mm -hmm. I don't, I I just think of some, again, not naming anybody, but a a guy that I walk with and, and he was struggling in his marriage. And, um, so he would just try to fix it by buying her things. Mm. I'm going to buy you a new car. And she was happy. Or a month, mm-hmm. yeah. and then it was just this constant search of what can I do to make this work. And yeah, you're doesn't. right. All of those things are temporary; they don't actually f- fill. Yeah, yeah, that's good. It says in uh, Hebrews six, <clears throat> um, just the overall context is uh, who wrote? He- did Paul write Hebrews? I forgot who wrote Hebrews. Um, I don't think we know. Maybe not. The author talks about our certainty of God's promise. And at the end of chapter six, he um, talks about, so when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs, which is us, of the promise, the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath. So that by two unchangeable things in which it, it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. I like that. You know, behind the behind the veil. Where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek. And so I was just trying to, you guys were just talking about hope. And I mean, you can have hope in things of the world. 
Um, you know, I hope that this food is going to feed my body type of thing and make me feel better. Um, I hope that I make good decisions and stuff like that. But the derivative of hope, you know, the, the, the authority of hope is God. And if you get too far from that, obviously you'll get into, you'll find hopeless things and into hopelessness. But I think that faith is, for me, I think that faith is that next step. Like you can have hope in the world. I don't know. So you can have faith. I mean, like you can have faith in gravity. Of course, I mean, gravity may not be here. Maybe an asteroid hits us and we lose gravity. We lose the rotation of the earth. But it seems like that faith is is just that next step. And um, you you can put, I feel you could have hope in the, in and of the world separate from God on some things, but you can't have faith. Yeah. Well, wrote, or, all right. Does that sound he, right? Yeah. Hebrews 11, one says now faith is confidence in what we hope for. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, there so you it's go. The next they step. play together that yeah. way. Like you hope, you hope in Jesus and you have faith in his return, mm-hmm. you know, and, you hope in something, but a faith is to like be assured in what you hope. Yep. And I think that's something to even turn around a little bit. Like I have, you know, if you, if I'm going around saying I have faith that, you know, my company is going to succeed or something like that. That's not faith. That's, that's hope. That's something of the earth that I think yeah. that you could have. If, if you're saying you have faith in something, I think that's a little, um, I mean, I don't want to be crazy and say it's um, a blasphemy or anything like that, but I do feel that faith is is what we put into God. When you can have, you can have hope that your company will succeed, but you have faith that God will sustain you no matter what. That's right. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Perfect. That's cool. What does Eldridge say about that? Because you know, kind of what I was tr- alluding to a while ago is how he's rigged it to where um, you know all these things that we uh, get entangled in, like addiction and pornography and um, greed and all those. What? Is, how, how does he say that? The, you, you know, um, what I'm talking about. He's uh, we're uh, we're searching for God. Oh yeah, in the end, that's right. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he says several things, but at the end, you know what we're doing is we're looking for God. Yep. Yep. We're, we're not finding God in how we live our life, and so we choose other ways to find God. But, and that's and good. He's made us that way. But that's then, right. how do you explain Christians who struggle with pornography or addiction, or you know, like what? Well, no, that's just the lie. You're so still he's a Christian. Saying, you're just still seeking to be fulfilled by those things, just like. I, I mean, that's we're just humans. There's no, there's no human. There's no perfect Christian who doesn't seek to find fulfillment outside of Jesus because we're until we're in heaven. Yeah. Gotcha. There, and there were the perfect humans before <clears throat> the fall. Yeah, I mean, Adam and Eve were were perfect and would have found God and not got into gambling or pornography. Yeah. Yeah. We're looking for those things to make us happy or or give us joy or sustain us when He's really the only one that can do that. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, Satan has tricked us into thinking those can help us find it okay so i'm just trying to work this out so hope is a feeling of expectation for something certain to happen and the interesting thing is on hope it said 
archaic. And I was like, what the heck does archaic mean? And it means very old or old fashioned. And then the second part of that definition says a feeling of trust. So we put our hope and our trust in the Lord. And I like um, what Romans 15, 13 says, so may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's Romans 15, 13. So true hope comes from God. He is the creator of all things, including hope. Um, Something else that I read says, biblical hope not only desires something good for the future, it expects it to happen. So I think that verse really pulls out like our... We trust our hope, our trust is in the Lord. And so it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him. And I think that means every situation. So that's where we can find contentment in the Lord, regardless of our situation. So we, our hope is still the foundation, no matter what we face. And I think that that's really important. So we are not like the shifting, shifting, I can't talk. This what's that vert that verse about shifting shadows? Is that what it says? The wind shifting winds. Oh no, never mind. Blow you Forget one it. One way or the other. Anyway, never mind. Well, that's really good. I think one of the things that you said in that was that faith and hope. When you have hope, that's the faith that actually brings you joy and peace. And that's what we're going to talk about next week. Is the next two candles for joy and peace? So it's cool that you lay the foundation with faith and hope, which I want to put out a disclaimer there are variations on the candles of some of them have one that's love instead of faith um and so at, you know you guys are listening and you celebrate advent you may have your own version of it just letting you know this is the one that came from daily grace co but i know it varies so not that you guys email us or send us any comments anyway it's fine <laughs> <laughs> but i think that's a good transition into next week i think we laid the foundation of faith and hope but real quick i want to know what why is it important to have hope and faith in your marriage since it's a marriage podcast. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's super important to have hope, not in, I I mean, I can hope all day that Brian will do and say and all the whatever's, but like truly like he was saying with that vertical relationship with God, like my hope is anchored in Christ. Therefore I am not swayed by his moods or his, you know, I mean, that sounds silly, but he doesn't, he doesn't change my identity or my my anchor. It's like, so I, and I'm not perfect at this at all, but say something comes out, I've said this before, what if something, you know, the, the, the floor falls out and this crazy secret comes out that, you know, I didn't know about it. It's like, it's not going to, Yes, I'm going to, there's the emotions and processing and all the things, but it's not that I now, like I, I've lost everything. My identity's gone. I feel like we so easily tie hope with identity. Mm-hmm. Um, like we hope, identity, expectation, all these things are kind of together. So um, I, I have hope in Christ and therefore I feel like if we're both doing that, then we just automatically grow together. Um, a lot, it just, it just happens. If we're both pursuing Christ, then we're able to see each other in a different lens. And I love Brian for the man that he is as a warrior for Christ. And so I don't know if that makes any sense, but. Well, I, 
I think it's what what you're saying is like in marriage, going back to that vertical relationship, if it's not there, then you don't get to enjoy the fruits of what we're going to go into next love and joy. Like that's absent without, without the faith and hope in who God is and who he says we are. Yeah. No, that's good. No, that's great. That's it. I feel that with Alyssa talking there, sort of what I was going back to with hope and faith, that potentially there are earthly things we can put our hope into. Well, we may have the the wrong definition of what Christ is in our life, and we put hope in Christ, and we 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 limit His abilities, and we don't have the faith. You know, we don't truly have faith in Christ. We have hope in Christ. And and obviously you can have both, but I do feel that hope, like, well, I mean, Hebrews 11, 1, you said that. You, you, you can have hope without faith, but you cannot have faith without hope, right? Hope is that next step. And so I feel that if, you know, I hope that Lisa has, you know, a strong relationship with God or something, um, but I have faith that I am secure in Christ and I need to love her knowing that I am secure in Christ. That's right. Type of thing. And I just think it's I just think it's that next step. And so to you know, to sit here and, and say, I hope that Lisa and I both have a strong relationship in Christ, I mean that's nice to say, but that's really not what you need to be saying. You need to have the faith. It's gotta be faith and not hope when when it comes to when it comes to Christ. No, I think that's so good and I think um if anybody follows Lisa Turkhurst um her story is that her husband um walked out on their marriage um and uh she was all about restoration. You know, we want to work this out and and uh they got I think they got remarried and went through this whole process again and he left again and she I mean, I just look at her story and her ability to share what she's been through and the testimony she is for other women. Like, no, we would never want that. We would never wish that for for to happen for anyone. Yet she's choosing to give hope and peace and and in a secure um in the security of Christ saying who knows what could happen? You know what I mean? Like who Absolutely. knows what tomorrow is going to bring yep. yet? I will not be shaken because I have faith. Yes. Emotions. Yes. Consequences. Yes. All of these things. But truly it's like the deep down um, hope that we have in the security of who we are and what God says about us. So then the Bible is is so easy to accept because it's because of Christ, I can accept my identity and not be swayed by anything else. So I just think, um, you know, I think that that's really important to keep in mind, like no matter what we face, as long as we we are grounded, but you cannot be grounded in something you don't know that you don't really have a relationship and know. And so I think that's really important. Just like, yeah, I can know all the things about Brian. I can know, you know, what he likes to do and what he likes to eat and what all the things. Um, but to truly walk in relationship with him and walk life with him is a totally different situation. And that's how we are with Christ. It's a, yeah, you can know all the, all the knowledge of Christ, but actually walking with him is, is, is a completely different step 
kind of like, it kind of reminds me of like hope and faith, like the foundation of knowing who Christ is, but then really getting in and, and trusting and learning more and growing in relationship. I think you, you know, talking about Lisa and and her story and the redemption that's been involved in that story, not so much for their relationship, but for, like you say, for other people, that's, again, I, I think that's the difference between hope and faith is redemption is involved in the faith process. I have faith in God and I know that he has me and I'm secure in him. So there's going to be redemption that comes out of that because we are a fallen people. We don't live perfect lives. And I don't think you can have redemption out of hope. I think, I think, you know, you've got to have hope. You got to have faith. You're securing your faith. And then there's redemption. There's ways of, does that make sense? I mean, yeah. It, yeah. I think Lisa with her story is able to redeem that and it didn't redeem her marriage, but it did redeem her and she's able to show that to other women and hopefully other couples about what, what the redemption could be. Yeah. And if you have that security, then you can move, you can still continue to face each and every day because we will not always understand the reason why and what God is up to, because that's what it says in Isaiah 55, 9, for just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So, so often we try to rationalize and question God and do all of these things and we have no idea the impact or the influence or whatever. And I think for her, it's really easy to see because she's chose chosen to, instead of being bitter and angry and, you know, just hole up and get 50 yeah. cats. She's decided to, to make impact. Well, and, and she's and only got 30 cats. <laughs> yeah, through her vulnerability though. And so I really admire that because that's when you know people are authentically who yeah. they say they you, are. You can tell in that, the way that she's responded, that her faith and hope is not was not in her husband. It is in God. Because she's a lot, she, through that faith in God, she can see beyond her circumstances. Mm-hmm. That's right. And she knows that God is faithful God is good, and what God brings is going to be good from whatever. Right, and just because he doesn't give us what we want doesn't mean he's not faithful. And I think that the world so messes, skews that up. Like, God doesn't care about me, really, because I don't have X, Y, and Z. If he did, then I wouldn't be struggling with this or that. What, on the other hand, what if God brought you to this point to show you and like... Like get a hold of you because we don't need God until we don't know God until we need God. And so until we get to that level of like, okay, nothing else is working. I'm going to reach out to the Lord. What if it's an invitation? I think it's always an invitation. And and I think that when you don't accept the invitation, time might go by and I'm going to have to bring that back up again because I'm really inviting them to improve their life. And um, that's why he keeps bringing the same things back up to us, I think. It's because we fall short and we are looking for him in these other things. Mm-hmm. Well, we're glad you guys joined us. We look forward to um, continuing this discussion um, about Advent, about what these things really mean, about what this season's really about um, next week. Thanks, you guys. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. See Have you guys. Have a good week. Bye.